Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be talking about the interesting motions that were filed by Chad Daybell's lawyer John Pryor and District Attorney Rob Wood. Looks like Chad wants it all to go away, this whole entire situation, along with his lawyer. Meanwhile, Rob Wood would like their cases joined together and have Chad and Lori reunited again. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell, give it a like if you support it, and share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. First, on August 27, 2020, Chad Daybell's lawyer, John Pryor, filed a motion and asked a judge to dismiss the entire case, saying there wasn't sufficient evidence presented at the preliminary hearing that we heard on August 3rd and August 4th. Here's what it says. Grounds of motion. Said motion is based upon the lack of sufficient evidence to continue to bind defendant over upon all four charges as presented to the court at the preliminary hearing on August 3rd and August 4th of 2020. Further, the charges are not supported by the evidence and duplicative as allegations against the defendant. Further, the prosecution has yet to present evidence to support when the alleged acts is supposedly to have taken place and if the defendant acted in any manner to support these allegations. The prosecution made assertions in his complaint and information that are vague and overly broad. Those assertions violate defendant U.S. and Idaho constitutional rights to be fairly notified and appraised of when, how, and what he is accused of doing. Defendant reserves the right to add additional defenses to this motion once the state has provided all the discovery they are required to provide to the defense. Then, Mr. Pryor asked for a transcript of the preliminary hearing and that a hearing to dismiss the charges be pushed out long enough for him to review the evidence and also that transcript. Here's what it says for the request of the transcript. It is hereby ordered that a transcript of the preliminary hearing in this matter shall be prepared and produced. The defendant shall incur the cost of production and preparation of the preliminary hearing transcript at his expense. Said transcript shall be prepared and submitted to defendant's counsel no later than the first day of October 2020. Side note, can you imagine the size of this transcript of the preliminary hearing, not to mention the bill that Chad will incur or shall incur? This is definitely not a cheap document and it's going to be huge. Here's what it says in the court document about pushing the date out. The grounds and reasons for this motion are as follows. One, the defense has filed a request for preliminary hearing transcript. Two, review of complete discovery, which as of yet has not been provided to defendant's counsel and of the requested transcripts will be necessary in order to adequately prepare and argue the legal basis for dismissal of the charges and is necessary to protect the defendant's constitutional rights. Three, the defense will be unable to review and analyze the complete discovery required by the Idaho criminal rules in time to file all motions within the time stated by ICR 12D and the rule set forth by this jurisdiction. Four, the ends of justice will be served by granting this motion. Wherefore, defendant respectfully requests that his honorable court grant his motion to extend time to hear and file 12B motions for the reasons set forth above. Again here, the discovery is going to be absolutely massive and be prepared for a lot of deep dives here on It's a Crime. 
Now, Mr. Pryor has until October 20th to file a motion if he wants to move the trial to another venue to avoid potential jury bias. So next, District Attorney Rob Wood then filed a joinder motion asking for a joinder of the cases and that the and that Chad and Lori be tried together as co-defendants. And it states, the state of Idaho by and through the Madison County Prosecutor's Office, which has been appointed as a special prosecutor in the above captioned case and pursuant to Idaho Criminal Rules 8B and 13, hereby moves the court to join the defendant Chad Daybell's case with his co-defendant Lori Vallow Daybell's case, Fremont County case number CR 22-20838, based on the fact the charges against the defendant and the co-defendant allege they participated in the same act or series of acts and conspired to commit the alleged acts or series of acts. This motion is supported by the attached memorandum and the state requests a hearing on this matter. And then in the memorandum that was filed, I'll read a little bit to you. It says the state of Idaho has moved this court for an order joining the defendant Chad Daybell's case with his co-defendant Lori Vallow Daybell's case in Fremont County and then the case number. And then it talks about statements of facts. The defendant Chad Daybell was charged on June 10th, 2020 with two counts of destruction, alteration or concealment of evidence, a felony in violation of Idaho code and two counts of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration or concealment of evidence, a felony in violation of Idaho Code. The co-defendant Lori Vallow Daybell, hereinafter Lori Daybell, was charged with two counts of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence, a felony in violation Idaho Code, on June 29, 2020. The charges in both cases are based on actions alleged to have occurred between September 8, 2019 and June 9, 2020 and involving the willful destruction, alteration and or concealment of dead bodies to cover up the commission of a felony. Specifically, the charges relate to the discovery of Lori Daybell's minor children's bodies on her husband Chad Daybell's property and Lori Daybell's alleged conspiracy with Chad Daybell and others including, but not necessarily limited to her brother Alex Cox, now deceased, in committing those acts. A preliminary hearing was held in Chad Daybell's case on August 3rd to 4th, 2020. At the conclusion of the preliminary hearing, Chad Daybell was bound over to answer to the district court. Lori Daybell waived her preliminary hearing, which was scheduled to be heard August 10th and 11th, 2020. And just a recap too, from that preliminary hearing, the judge reviewed, that's his whole point of that hearing, he reviewed everything there was and said it was going to proceed to the next stage. So by John Pryor requesting, hey, this, you know, this isn't sufficient evidence and blah, blah, blah. Well, that kind of goes against the judge, right? But he has a right to do this, but I'm really glad that Rob Wood is actually going, hey, no, let's combine these two because it's going to be, you know, the same kind of thing. So then in this document, there's the argument section that talks about a lot of case law. And here's what the end says. Due to the nature of the conspiracy's charges alleged against the Daybells, the state's evidence in both cases is nearly identical and the trial for each case will be nearly identical. Further, the statements the Daybells and Alex Cox each made as co-conspirators in furtherance of the conspiracy are allowed as evidence against each of them and as such it promotes judicial economy and efficiency to have each defendant in the same trial while those statements are introduced. The evidence presented at Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing, which will be expanded on 
at trial, established that the Daybells acted in concert to mislead law enforcement and others in regards to the location of the deceased children's bodies. Judicial economy would require that the state not be required to try essentially identical cases of a husband and wife acting as co-conspirators twice. Upon waiving her preliminary hearing, Lori Daybell's case was assigned to a different judge than Chad Daybell's case. Assigning the defendant's cases to separate judges will create an undue burden on the state by requiring repetitive work and hearings. Totally agree. The victims and living relatives of the deceased minor children are also prejudiced if they desire to attend all the hearings they have a right to attend. The state understands the high-profile nature of this case and the workload it will present to the court and the judge that presides over the case. However, judicial economy, efficiency, and consistency will be better served by consolidating the cases and assigning the consolidated case to one judge. Consolidating the cases removes the possibility of inconsistent pretrial rulings on issue of evidence and procedure. Due to the sensitive nature of this case, the family members of the deceased victims should not be required to endure multiple repetitive trials and hearings when the case can and should be consolidated. Absolutely agree. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments below. In conclusion, it says, the joinder of trials for co-defendants alleged to be involved in the same act or transactions is favored by the courts. Furthermore, the courts have consistently determined that joiner of co-defendants cases are especially appropriate where they are charged with conspiracy. In the case before this court, the Daybells are both charged with the same crimes of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. Chad Daybell's further charges of destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence are the resulting and completed crimes of their conspiracy. Trials in these matters will require the same witnesses and evidence be presented by the state. In order to preserve judicial economy and efficiency, avoid delays in bringing either defendant to trial, and for the benefit of the witness and victims, these cases should be joined. This is the exact type of scenario contemplated under IRCP 8B and 13. Therefore, the state respectfully requests this court consolidate the Daybell's case into one case. And again, I'm really glad Mr. Wood is doing this and filed this motion. It just makes sense. I do wonder though what Rob Wood actually thought when he saw Mr. Pryor wanting to get the case entirely dismissed. My thoughts are, are you freaking kidding me? Now, something that was also just reported by Justin Lum of Fox News, he obtained body cam footage from Hawaii. In the short clip that I saw, it basically showed Lori standing beside the rental vehicle and her getting into the police car. There wasn't a whole lot there. I'm wondering if Justin's gonna come out with more, but as always, we got to see her signature smirk, and I love that Justin Lum actually commented on it. I'll update you if and when there is more footage, and you can see the clip right here. In this body cam footage, Lori Vallow doesn't say much to officers, but as we now know, nearly a month later, she's arrested in Kauai. Where are your kids? No comment? They've been missing for four months. You have nothing to say? Before Nate Eaton of East Idaho News confronted Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. Advise them that we have a search warrant um, and uh, don't let them use any communications. Kauai police stopped the newlywed couple at the Kauai Beach Resort on the afternoon of January 26th. Body camera footage obtained by Fox 10 shows Vallow and Daybell pulled over in the black Ford Explorer they rented. The day prior, Vallow had been served with a court order from Idaho to produce her missing kids, J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, within the next five days. Step out. Mm -hmm. you got a search warrant for you guys. 
cars, belongings. Police say Vallo and Daybell spent the morning on the beach. Hours later, the mother of JJ and Tylee served with a search warrant. She doesn't speak much to officers, instead responding with a smirk. Then Vallo is taken to a Kauai cop car to be detained. Court documents say police found JJ and Tylee's birth certificates, a bank card issued to Tylee, JJ's iPad, and a second iPad logged into his account. Finally, the boy's school registration receipts from Rexburg, Idaho, but never a sign of the kids staying with their mother on the island. There's people around the country praying for your children, praying for you guys. Why don't you give us answers? That's great. Valo and Daybell would spend nearly another month vacationing in Hawaii before police arrested Valo on child abandonment charges in February. By June 9th, the FBI made the gruesome discovery of the children's remains buried at Daybell's property in Salem, Idaho. Now, Chad's jury trial is set for January 11th to the 29th, and Mr. Pryor has until October 20th to file a motion if he wants to move the trial to another venue, like I mentioned, to avoid uh, potential jury bias. He has been charged with two felony counts of destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence, and two felony counts of conspiracy to destroy, alter, or conceal evidence. Lori is scheduled to be arraigned next week on September 10th. She's been charged with two felony counts of conspiracy to alter, conceal, or destroy evidence, and three misdemeanor counts of resisting or obstructing officers and solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court. Let's have a chit chat below. What do you think is going to happen with these motions? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.